As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. The Athletic. This is Why Always Us, it's your Manchester City podcast from The Athletic. I'm David Mooney, Sam Lee is here as well. Hi Sam. Hello. How are you doing today? Uh, yeah, alright. A- anticipating a busy week, so I might have a bit of a quiet Monday. Good, good, good to hear it. Um, you can read everything on The Athletic and more right now for £1 a month for six months. Just go to theathletic.com forward slash mancitypod and sign up. You'll get these podcasts without the ads as well, so sign up at theathletic.com forward slash mancitypod. Um, let's start uh, today's show, Sam, with uh, the big news of the week. Uh, and we are, of course, talking about Guardiola's jumpers uh, because the guy's just <laughs> incredible, isn't he? <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, There's been so much to keep up with in the last... 24 hours I mean obviously less than that um, as we speak but yeah if people haven't seen he bumped into a he's an English um, football coach speaks Spanish Alex Clapham um, he likes to go to City games and, and loads of games but City in general I think and he bumped into Guardiola in town and he was wearing what is it like a like a red and pink a it's, massive yeah, jumper. It, it's pink and pink. It it uh, it's, it right. looks like he's it's been photoshopped onto him. It's like it's, it's an incredible it's an incredible image. Yeah, um, I mean he's he's worn the odd red thing in press conferences, but normally you know kind of understated colours, you know blacks, greys, that kind of thing. Um, yeah. Just when you think you know someone, eh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, let, let's be honest. Let's start with the with the news that everybody is here for, uh, Sam, and that is uh, what uh, David Ornstein has uh, put out today. That uh, Harlan to City is um, I, I, well. I, I guess I guess the phrase we could say is as close to being a done deal without it actually having been signed. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that is obviously yeah, that's a good way to put it. It's a good way to put it. Um, it's been this way for a while um possibly more than a week so it's at the stage where all that needs to be done is um sort the buyout out and that doesn't have to be paid now i think you know city could say we're going to pay this buyout clause you know however these things work with all the contracts and stuff and there, there there could even be an announcement soon i mean it'll be interesting to see like with announcements you know when deals are done like in summer's gone by, people will be asking me like, "Oh, when's it going to be announced? When's it going to be announced?" It's like when when the deals are done, 
like the announcements are kind of completely at the club's mercy. And obviously now with the seasons are ongoing, like when would be a good time to announce it? When would be a bad time to announce it? Would City not want to announce it at all? You know, would they come up where they're kind of forced? Um, how would the announcement look? All these kind of things. So yeah, there's there's little things to be sorted out with that. Did, did, um, did Dortmund ever say in that as well though? Well, exactly. Yeah, exactly. They, they they may well do. I mean, are they on the stock exchange as well? So once that kind of intention to pay the buyout clause has been put forward by City, that they have to say, okay, th- this is happening and it will happen on this date or, or however that may look. And then, like I say, in terms of how it may look from City, once that's out there from Dortmund's end, because that's kind of their obligation, you know, will City say, okay, yeah, we can confirm we've signed so-and-so or we will sign so-and-so on, you know, the 1st of July. Um, and that'll be it, like quite low key, no pictures. Um, although I think pictures would be possible. Let's just say that. Um, so yeah, well, so again, with the announcement, we don't know, but yeah, exactly. I mean, that, that's obviously the big news. Um, it, like, it's interesting, isn't it? Because like it's it's been like there's been so many whispers about it being done or it will be done for so long. Like I know. Like I'm just just seeing the tweets coming through again now, but obviously Jack Gorn when he wrote that, and this was when March maybe, um, when he wrote that, you know there was kind of you know, something something had been you know there was some kind of expectation it, it wasn't yeah. Progr- it wasn't, progress was he, being made yeah like he wasn't saying it was done then, um, but it was kind of, you know but I know he's been happy he was like well we've said I've said this in the past so I don't need to say anything else because as far as I'm concerned. And I've been like this in the past with transfer stories. It's like, well, I've said what I've got to say. So, and you know, this is like this is the expectation. It's going to happen. Obviously, there have been developments about along those lines over the weeks. And I remember when we, when there was another kind of, oh, he's a, he's agreed terms that was in the mail as well. And then you know that was the day I did a podcast with it with Nader Manua. Um, we talked about all that then. It's like there, there's been loads of little updates along the way about little agreements here and there, talks that have been held. But yeah, it's it has been kind of heading in the in the right direction for a while. Like I mentioned last week that I went to Norway during the international break to to go and speak to people and and see where we grew up and that kind of thing. You know, thinking like obviously, look, look if he ended up going to Real Madrid, it could still be used. But you know, ideally, me writing it for a city audience that would be the way to go. So yeah, went to went to Norway a, m- a month ago to to look into all that. Um because yeah, it's it's kind of been headed in this direction for a while. Yeah. Um and like who, if you who, read- can I can I ask who you spoke to for, for all of that? Because it's like I, I I'm always fascinated by these stories of um especially like it became a bit of a meme uh, with uh you know I went to such a body's hometown and found out about them. Um, but like, like who, like what sort of insight were you getting into? Oh, loads. Um, and I've written the article already. I wrote it before I went away to Lisbon last weekend, just in case that this kind of breakthrough was announced sooner and it all happened a bit sooner. Um, so so I spoke to his first coach, um, which I suppose is the classic one, isn't it? But I I won't go into it too much because there is loads um, and we might be able to even do a podcast on it with the interviews and stuff, although I used my iPhone on a table. So it wasn't the best recording equipment. (laughs) I I should have taken the microphone. Listeners could literally hear my heart sink then. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think it should work. I mean, it should. I I do think the audio will be fine. Um, Yeah, anyway. So so it's interesting because 
obviously academies in 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 this country and in most countries and even in Norway, you know, you've got age groups. They stay together at the end of the year. They'll go, you're you you know you're not you're not making the cut. So we found you this club, or we'll help you try and find a club. But basically, you're not playing for this club anymore because you're not at a certain level. But the the environment that Harlan grew up in, there was forty of them, forty lads from when they joined the club. So I think in Harlan's case, that was oh, well, I can't remember now. I think he'd been there since he was five, maybe. But when he started in this, I think maybe eight. Um, but like some of them, you know, it'll be like eight until they're 19 or whatever. And they're kept together, this 40 of them, the whole way through. So even if they're not the best, they're given an option when they're 13, 14, 15. Um, which group do you want to be in? And there's two groups. There's the elite group and there's like the grassroots group. And the grassroots group, they do two training sessions a week, which are just like fun. And they game in like a lower division. Whereas the elite team, they do four training sessions a week and a game in a higher division. And their training sessions are more technical, tactical. As the coach said to me, it's like more, more boring stuff. You know, it's more with a proper focus. And the kids themselves decide. You know, he said they don't let the parents decide. Otherwise, the parents would be like, oh, yeah. He's going in the you know, four, they yeah, can the all four go week, in the elite, yeah. you know, we want to, but it's up to the kids. And he's like, there, there were some good kids in that group who just wanted to do the more casual agreement. So that, I mean, that, it's really interesting how that's built up. And like, he's made like friends for life in there. He's still really close with them. And my idea when I went to Norway was I'm going to go and I'm going to speak to as many of these guys as I can, because there should be some still not dotted around where he lives. And then, you know, get other numbers and I'm, I'm going to speak to as many of these 40 as I can but basically they've, they've had bad experiences with the media um, and they've kind of closed ranks um, so that's all in the article as well so what I did in the end was I just went to the hometown um, spoke to that first coach spoke to another of his coaches so the first coach was very good on kind of Harlan's formation and how he was kind of brought up and the things that he learned and you know the, the environment he was brought up in because it's very kind of they keep them together because it's all social it's so it's like it's bringing them up as as human beings, and I know in fo- in football clubs in the UK there there's a big emphasis on that, but it's more like kind of like at City's academy, for example. It's like oh, if they can play for Rotherham or Blackburn, then you know we're happy. You know that they've that you know they've been able to come through and make a career out of football. Whereas at Harlan's team, it's more like well, if they grow up and they go to university, then we're happy because they're good human beings. Yeah. So it's interesting how he was formed in that sense. Um, the other coach was more candid on kind of Harlan's like the the more the less kind of obvious oh yeah well he scored loads of goals there was also he used to get really angry like if people didn't pass to him or if he lost the ball this kind of stuff like there's some quite funny stories about him being really pissed off and that kind of stuff and and I did manage to speak to one of his former teammates who was good he he, he talked about that as well they used to play um Wembley doubles effectively like just the idea of a young Harlan charging around playing <laughs> playing Wembley doubles is amazing. But like the hometown itself, and I think I, I was glad that I was able to do this article in the end, rather instead of you know speaking to the as many of the forty lads as possible, because the hometown is an incredible little place. It's like twelve thousand people, twelve thousand nine hundred something like that. Um, but you go to small towns abroad, like maybe people have been for Champions League games or for work or whatever, and it's like there's nothing to do and you just sit in your hotel board. There's stuff to do in Brina, which is where he's from. It's a town called Brina. Um, there's stuff to do. It's a nice place. There's nice places to go, good food. Um, there's there's a there's a bar that I went in, uh, which had one person sat at the bar at that point, and this was half an hour before Norway kicked off. Um, I had one person in it, and it was... Um, 
the, exactly the kind of bar you'd find in the northern quarter. Like really nice places to go, um, but just really quiet. Just just nobody about. Rather than there's people, but there's nowhere to go. It's like there's places to go, but no people. It's yeah. just interesting. And there's like there's an Alfie Harland like sticker that's on, been put on the wall of a of an Indian restaurant. There's there's takeaways with signed Harland shirts on because um, you know he still goes back and has and has takeaways because his diet you know when he's not playing is a bit mental you know eats like an absolute horse um so there's loads of loads of interesting things like that um that i mean i probably bored you enough about but yeah kind of how that upbringing when he moved back there because obviously he was born in leeds so he moved back to norway when he was three um how that's all kind of come together um to make him the player he is and also he was pretty skinny like he was quite tall but there's loads because there's loads of pictures of him everywhere like if you go to the football club there's just pictures of him all over the walls and stuff like everywhere even though he only played like a season like 15 games or something like that before he went to Mulder um, he's just like kind of just skinny um, it's quite unusual actually because obviously he's a beast now but the, the main thing was people were like because he played up an age group and he played against like big strong centre backs who and they were big strong centre backs who played for like Norway's under 18s and yeah. stuff like that so they were good and strong and he was like so he had to think quick and move quick and and all that, and his teammate said, "You know, he always got in on goal anyway, even though he wasn't the biggest. But now he is the biggest; he can do it that way as well. <laughs> like he's just kind of got everything. Yeah, beast mode activated, sort of. Yeah, uh, I know, sort I know. of situation. I don't know. Um, I just went onto the Wikipedia page of uh, Brian while you were talking, um, and I'd love, I love. I can't explain why I find this so funny, um, but the, the first section of it just says shopping." Reiner has three shopping malls <laughs> and then kind of goes into detail they, about what they are. <laughs> I don't know where they would be. Um, I saw one. Um, I was there for two days, um, a lot of time at the, at the stadium having, and then having a bit of a walk around. Um, There's an amazing pizza place there. Absolutely fantastic. The guy was the guy was giving it the talk. He was like, oh, you know, it goes with most pizzas. People put too much yeast in and they still expand in your belly and they make you feel full. He was after this, you could run a marathon. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But honestly, <laughs> so good. Like gen- a genuinely fantastic pizza. Um, but Harland goes to, there's another one down the road. And I think he has the kebab pizza, which is, which like, I was speaking to some young lads and they're absolutely raving about the kebab pizza. I think it's, I don't know if it's in that, just in that area or just those lads or whatever, but apparently it's quite, that kebab pizza is a bit of a, a Norwegian thing, apparently. I was going to say that phrase. I've never heard that phrase before, but uh, what kebab pizza? Yeah. Oh man, I used to love them when I was fifteen. Actually, yeah, maybe maybe it's just like a, a fourteen, fifty year old thing. Because when I started to 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 go out and watch football and have have a drink and stuff, so fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, the the, the kebab pizza, yeah, that was a yeah they were they were very good but i mean yeah. clearly clearly absolutely terrible for you <laughs> yeah well uh well i i look forward to uh more info from the brian tourist board in future podcasts Sam. um <laughs> and uh, we'll, we'll we'll chat about it more as the as the story develops looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone luckily with 24 7 us-based live customer service from discover everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime day or night yep You heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? 
Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. I also want to talk about uh, Guardiola this week because uh, after the game, you wrote about, well, well... Guardiola going full Burt really is the way that I've uh, that I've phrased it. Um, I want to play this clip first off, which opened up the post match press conference. Uh, James Ducker of the Telegraph started by asking if he was pleased with the reaction um, of the team after Wednesday. This is then what uh, what happened. Did you have any doubts? <laughs> uh, yeah. Too many today. You are Liverpool fan. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, James. <laughs> Uh, yeah, very pleased. Perfect afternoon. Just before the start of the game, I felt in our our crowd that uh, they were disappointed but not grumpy and upset and sad about who we are as a team. And uh, what we have done today, we have done the last five years in every three days. So, And uh, yeah, three more points and three left. One competition to play and big problems behind because we have just uh, uh, three three defenders for these three games. But we will do it in terms of we're going to try to now. What happened yesterday with Liverpool and to our game today Wednesday become absolutely a final 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 for us. Uh, if we are able to win, maybe we are able to arrive in the last game at home with our people to try to make back-to-back. And that's why Wednesday is uh, absolutely final and I'm pretty sure we'll prepare well. Guardiola also said to be in sports that uh, everyone in this country supports Liverpool, the media and everyone. And he followed that by uh, adding that Liverpool has history in the Champions League, but only one Premier League in 30 years. Um, uh, It was a little bit... um, (laughs) Kind of Lampard-esque with the no, but seriously, uh, way that he kind of flipped the answer around, Sam. Um, does this, is this simply just following on from when we said a few weeks ago that he is just having so much fun in these press conferences at the moment? Uh, yeah, yeah, I guess. But I mean, obviously, there's also, we talked about this so much over the years, like when he's got something on his mind or wants to get off his chest, he, he will just, he will just do it. You know, he will find a way. Um, but obviously, the interesting thing, with these ones is it was the, it was the first question first question in the BN interview and first question in the press conference but in the press conference he just full on just straight off the bat like straight <laughs> into the you are a Liverpool fan thing obviously wanted to kick it off but and maybe he wanted um yeah, maybe he wanted more questions about it in the press conference yeah to kind of be like what you're talking about so he could so he could go into it um but I mean the secret to that really is if, if a manager says something, um, can't, there's going to be, you know, make headlines basically. And they, you know, it's not a slip of the tongue and they mean it. So obviously, he knew what he said. And in the BN interview, he was asked at the end, like, do you really think that? Like, it's almost like don't risk ruining that by talking about it too much or watering it down or whatever. So it's just like, as soon as you said that, People are like, well, there's no point in doing a press conference now because that's going to be, that's going to be all people are talking about anyway. So it's like that's that's already been said now. So so he came in and obviously wanted maybe he wanted to kick it off again. It's almost like you know the parallel is just like starting a fight. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah, 
there was there was like if you were if you if you were a dick and you wanted to go out in town, you'd, you'd be barging into people and and like trying to initiate something. That was basically you know he was obviously trying to initiate something. He was obviously trying to get it off his mind, uh, off his off his chest. Sorry, he'd done being first, mind. hadn't he? Yeah, exactly. So he'd done it first, and and we you know we'd seen on Twitter that that's what he said. So he was like, right, okay, well, let's crack. Let's just like let him crack on with that. Um, because again, you you just know that that's all 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 people will be writing about um, and talking about. Um, so yeah, so but I mean, look, when 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 we had this kind of argument a couple of months ago, when I was like, oh, do you know, do people get sick of thinking or being told that oh, City are evil and corrupt, and also sick of people going oh, City are perfect? Like, do you not just like feel you can be in the middle? That obviously led to a big agenda debate again, and obviously this has as well. And it's like I'm I've kind of been characterised as saying like the media never do anything wrong, or there's not bad media coverage of City, but like some of the conversations I have are like pure blue moon forum. Like I was driving home from the game last night on the phone to someone. And like the the stuff, the kind of stuff I was saying would kind of, it wouldn't look out of place on Blue Moon in terms of, I thought this was shit. I didn't like that. And I, you know, I think broadly this is, this is rubbish. You know, I don't, I don't like that. Um, so like, I, I know there's, there's certain things that aren't good or, or for whatever reason, but at the same time, I also know for a fact that there is no concerted agenda. Like there, there's, there's, there's a, there is a conversation to be had. There are interesting things about the coverage around City, um, but obviously, you know, it's not like a concerted effort where, yeah, we got to criticise this club at all costs. It spans a network of of editors and and journalists cooking up stories. You know, the the famous thing: oh, there must be a big game. There must be a big City game on if this story's coming out. They're all fucking big games. You're trying to win the league. You got Liverpool a point behind. You know, not, like they're all big games. Three like, three points behind. Story- right? Three three points behind. Well, yeah, now. But you know, <laughs> I'm talking about yeah. But you know, I'm talking about the stories that you know. Even yesterday, there was there was one about you know the other Premier League about to reach a decision on the investigation into City. But with that, it's like there is an investigation into City. What like what are we supposed to do about that? Um, so there, there's certain things where it's like, oh, why is that being mentioned? It's like, well, because because it's a fact. But at the same time, there is stuff that I'm like, mm, you know, I'm I'm not sure about that. So so yeah. Um, but obviously Guardiola has kind of been brought up in that. And you know, if you think back to the press conference on Friday, the embargo bit when he was talking about, you know, well, my bosses told me about FFP, and you know, if they'd lied, if they'd have lied to me, I would have gone. But obviously, they weren't lying. So he was well, like. I was going to say I do have those clips, so um, let's. I mean, let's hear them because uh, all of this came out after you said about the uh, the embargo. Um, this was this was the, the the first moment he kind of uh, kind of dropped in it. Every single word I said in all my press conference, even even people don't believe me. Uh, every word I said is because truly, truly, truly believe it. And when I defend the club and the people, it's because I work with them. And when they're suspicious or the people say accuse something, I ask to them, tell me about that. And when I said this was like this, like that, and like that, okay, I believe them. Because I said to them, if you lie to me, the day after I'm not here, I will be out and I, you will not be my friend anymore. So I put your face, because I believe you, completely 100% from the day one. And I defend the club because it's that. Because when we put some, you know, here and there, we do it, it's 
overpaid. But yeah, because the money comes, but the money comes from states or in other places that the money is correct. Even it's higher, but it's correct. We have to deal with that. We have to fight for that. We have to handle it with that. And the follow-up question uh, was basically asking if he was ready to uh, to leave had the uh, cast decision gone the other way, um, because obviously the, that would have meant that um, people at the club hadn't told him the truth. Um, and this is what he said. What the cast say, what I said, means a lot to all of us, because at the end break, I don't know if break, but at the end break, all the suspicion, I cannot forget, it was nine, nine teams in the Premier League won a sack the Manchester City for the league for the European competitions, they push these nine nine teams, and I know here who they are. I know, so I like when the cast go there in that moment and said they did it uh, properly. Um, of course, it would be the a big contradiction for me because I, maybe I will still believe in the guys who tell me what they have done. It was a situation two thousand twelve or thirteen. So I was in Barcelona in that time, I think so, or still there. So in most of the people now we are running that were not here. So, but would, of course I would not love it, I would not like it, because at the end, would I like the most represent a club, like do the things properly well, you know? It's not about winning the Champions League, winning the Champions League, or winning the Premier Leagues, or winning the Premier Leagues. We want to do it well for especially, especially, because for the rest it's not going to happen. Our people, our fans, that they was, um, I remember some comments that 20 or 30 years ago they were playing to not be relegated in third division and fourth division here in England and 20 years later we are playing in semi-final of the Champions League. And I, we have to do the things that our people in sense. Okay. And I had the feeling they are proud, you know, the reaction of our fans and we're in Madrid, you know. They are there, okay, and this is the biggest compliment that uh, we can have. So that was from the Friday pre-match, Sam, um, and it kind of all builds up into the into the comments after the game. Yeah, it does really, um, because you know it shows that you know from his point of view on the inside, if if you know if what he's saying is true about you know he told them you know what is going on. So when all the FFP stuff was going on, he was obviously like right. What is happening? They said, "Look, nothing. We'll be able to prove it." He's gone right, great. And obviously, from his point of view, he was like, "Well, if this is, if they are lying to me, I'm going to go." And obviously, there was cast, and they obviously said, "We'll get it sorted at cast." And it was. So I he's think, thinking, uh, he, right, said, well, he said that at the time as well, didn't he? He did say, "Yeah, yeah, um, yeah." yeah. Uh, I, I, they've told me, and I trust them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And obviously, now he's saying he would have walked if if they hadn't have done. But obviously, from his point of view, he's like, "Well, they would. They told me this. It was proven to be true. I believe it to be true." Still, people are talking about it. He obviously mentioned those nine clubs who, you know, there was the press conference after the after the cast verdict, and you know, it was another one of those Guardiola classics, wasn't it? Where he was he was talking about the nine clubs, and I think even beforehand he talked about them. So it's all this stuff about, you know, why are they why are they on our case? I think you know, there's he's seen a lot of he's basically seen a lot of agenda talk over the years at City, because you know, people at the club firmly believe it. Um, people at the club kind of fuel it. And you know he's he's kind of taken bits of that, bits of what he's seen himself, bits of you know the the cast stuff and all of that, and kind of come to the conclusion. You know, I'm sure you know maybe maybe the issue of because the thing with Guardiola is like why now, and obviously with cast it's like well it, it's obvious because you know the cast decisions just come in and and now he's taking this opportunity to do it. And like you'd say from a kind of give yourself some wiggle room, 
you know, maybe say this at the end of the season if yeah. you've got that trophy. Do you know what I mean? Like, if you've got the trophy and say, oh, well, you know, it's a great achievement because everyone in this country supports Liverpool. It's like, well, for... but like, obviously now, if City were to mess it up, it would be horrific. And obviously, there'd be an incredible amount of schadenfreude against Guardiola, you know, given, you know, he's had he's had a bit of a dig. So in, in that kind of why now, I think it, you know, I'm, I'm guessing this kind of come to a head and he saw a lot of, you know, reaction to... City's exit and Liverpool going through, and he's probably just like, you know, I've, I've had enough, 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 yeah. enough. You know, I've, I've, this has been bubbling away for a while, so so I'm going to mention it. And obviously, I, I, he he did it in his own way, like bring, bringing it up from the first question, which is what I did with the overthinking stuff. Like you could tell the overthinking stuff the other week, it just came into his head from the very first question, and he was like, oh, okay, I'm going to run with this. But whereas with this one is, it was it was still the first question, but I think he probably had it in his mind. A little bit before, maybe. Because, you know, he was talking about the way he talked about that mental weakness question on Friday and the stuff about conceding goals. Like, he'd obviously been reading what had been said. And he gave, you know, he gave long answers to a lot, but he gave a long answer to that one, saying, like, you know, trying to debunk it, basically. So maybe it's, like, the coverage of City's exit. But again, I would say, with that, I don't think that's so much anti-City stuff as it's just a general thing the football media have where when a team loses, everything has to be terrible. And if a team loses in a terrible way, everything has to be doubly terrible. Like, if there's a big, shocking, impactful, emotional defeat, the inquest has to be massive and there has to be a big problem or a big scapegoat. And I think you kind of, you bake into that the fact that normally when City lose a big game, it's Guardiola who gets the blame. I think you've got a culture there where fans and media are looking around saying, well, this was a big fuck up. So who, who, who are we hauling over the, the coals for this? Well, it's normally Guardiola. So, oh, his lineup wasn't weird in our opinion. So maybe it's just subs. Okay, yeah, maybe it's the subs. Uh, yeah, okay, let's well, just say Fernandinho yeah. or let's just say Maris or blah, blah, blah. I thought the subs were fine, but yeah. that, uh, old Graves. And the other one, obviously, is, okay, well, maybe his teams are mentally weak because they don't have strong characters, which, by the way, is absolute bollocks. Um, look, may, maybe look, there's, there's obviously something in... And I went on Premier League TV on Thursday, so I ended up... My flight was delayed. I was supposed to do a Premier League thing on Zoom, but the way it was, I landed at Heathrow, which is like 15 minutes from the studio. So I went into the studio. I was standing, stood in front of a big screen, which had the goals conceded. And this was just City, but obviously there's some at Bayern as well, of City in like a couple of goals or three goals in like a short period. And like, look, this is something that Guardiola's talked about in terms of needing to react better in those moments. And, you know, even Guardiola's talked about Edison when he kicked the ball long straight after kickoff. I don't think he was saying he shouldn't have kicked the ball long, but just wait a bit. And look, that is not a great emotional reaction. Um, but I was stood there in front of this massive screen with the numbers on. And I was like, well, look, when you put it in black and white, okay, it looks terrible. But like the last the last example is Leon a couple of years ago. And you're telling me they haven't improved in this since Leon. Yeah. This, okay, uh, look. I, I did, I did um, I, weirdly, I did a very similar interview on uh, Thursday, I think it was, for um, BBC Sport. And it was uh, kind of, let's get a fan's eye view of uh, of this. And that question again was was put to me about the, yeah. um, about the, about a mentality problem where City can uh, concede 
several goals at once. And my other my other part of of this was can we can we really can we really say it was three goals in what was it six minutes when yeah, there's a when, when when there's a break of like the end of the game in the middle yeah. of, uh, middle of all that? I don't think it's a I I I, I also I, I think it was after chatting with you on the on last week's uh, second uh, podcast, Sam, where we talked about. Um, you know they, they've come through strong games. They've they've come through really big yeah. Champions League ties where yeah. they've had setbacks in in the last couple of seasons. Well, okay. Since the Leon, since the Leon one, they've got to the final and they and they've and they okay. So okay, so there was a problem with conceding two goals in a minute the other night. But it's almost like when you actually look at it, and like Guardiola actually said, there's no time to fall down and waste time. You know, okay, the Edison reaction wasn't great, um, but. Like, I don't know. Like, also that we know Edison is nerveless. We know Edison has like kind of almost no emotions whatsoever, let alone fucking negative ones. But if he did rush the other night, that kind of suggests that the pressure that Real Madrid put you under in that moment is incredibly high. And okay, if you don't just if you can't put up with that, then so oh, be it. What? Things, so, things happen. Yeah. Oh, it's not ideal, is it? But what? What are we saying? Well, what are we saying about Edison? Like, are you trying to find a more nerveless goalkeeper than Edison? Well, it doesn't fucking <laughs> exist, mate. I'm sorry, it doesn't exist. And like, okay, maybe he could, maybe he could make more saves or better saves. Or he made a couple of good, good, good ones yesterday, and he does make good saves. But I would say he could maybe make more saves. But if we're talking about in that moment, nerves and mental character and stuff, you went finding one. So what yeah. are we saying really? Also, I think everyone's been asked about this because I was speaking to Nadam, and he was saying he was asked about it, and he was like, "You're, just, you're describing momentum in football matches." Like in big, in big football matches against top teams, um, but that, my, I mean, I do think there's there's obviously something in it. There's obviously some element of I don't know. Like you look at it and think maybe it can't be a coincidence, um, but it's it's. I've so I've read two articles about it, and it's been linked to that Zlatan Ibrahimovic quote um, about. You know, he, he doesn't like strong characters. He doesn't like leaders. He likes obedient little school children or whatever. And it's like, hold on. So it's so so. Then that's the kind of the implication there is. This is happening not just to Guardiola, but because of Guardiola. Yeah. And okay, in terms of like, if you're trying to make the game, so the other night against Real Madrid, they weren't playing many balls in behind City. They were playing a very kind of compact, safe game. And I'm not going to criticize because. Um, it was nearly, it was very nearly enough to to get to get them through. The but it, 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 game, worked, it worked for eighty nine minutes. Yeah, exactly. The approach of that game, City weren't great by any means, by their standards, but it was it was obviously getting them there with that kind of approach of, okay, we're not suffering any counter attacks tonight, lads. We're going to play a game where we don't invite it. Obviously, then if you're thinking, you know, if Guardiola's telling them, like, maybe like a bit like Liverpool. Like oh they're so good on the counter we cannot give the ball away and then you know maybe if they do give the ball away and they score you think fuck like it's happening it's happening but again like Liverpool scored forty five seconds after half time or whatever it was in that game of the league and then City went on and were the better team in the second half again so the, that reaction it is there it, it can happen it does still happen they are much better at it okay maybe maybe they fell down a bit the other day but this idea that it's and you know, so yeah, maybe Guardiola's preparations for games does kind of lead to the the team going, oh shit, he told us not to do this, and it's happening now. And and when you're in Real Madrid, and when you're in Anfield, and you know, and the and the the fans are starting to to get on your back, and they and they sense a bit, maybe it is like, oh shit, this is 
know, this is this is this is difficult to deal with, and it is because these are the top teams in the world. Yeah. Um. But then, yeah. So, but the main thing is, it's kind of it's Guardiola's fault this because he doesn't like strong characters because Latan Ibrahimovic once said this. Hold on a minute. So Victor Valdez, Danny Alves, Gerard Piquet, Carlos Puyol, Xavi Iniesta, uh, Busquets, Messi. Uh, David Villa, Alexis Sanchez, um, I don't know, Manuel Neuer, Philip Lahm, Jerome Boateng, um, Alaba, Jabby Alonso, um, Tony Cruz when he was there, uh, I'm forgetting some, Robin, Frank Ribery, Lewandowski, Thomas Muller, Schweinsteiger, like how many World Cup winners are in that? And are you telling me they're not strong characters? Because Take they don't a- go around calling themselves a lion? Take, take a look at this uh, City side. You, you honestly telling me that Kevin De Bruyne is not someone who voices his opinions? <laughs> yeah, um, I made this point in my article at the weekend, kind of after the press conference. So I wrote a kind of second inquest, which was basically, "What do you want?" Like, okay, it's bad, but what do you want me to say? Although there is no, okay, we get rid of Guardiola, or Guardiola's a fault for this, or what? like, there, there's nothing. Oh, we get a better defender than Cancelo. We get there's nothing. You know, there's not much. It's bad, but the reaction doesn't have to to match. So I wrote that, and then it was going to be published on the Saturday, and I was like, look, it, it feels too different now. It's too it's too far gone. There's a bit more time for breathing. Guardiola's doing his press conference. So I edited it, and I was like, look, this thing about strong characters just, just and like Guardiola not wanting them and not having them, it's just demonstrably untrue. It's People don't think, like, just because Ibrahimovic has said it, um, but also, like, why is Ibrahimovic the reference point here? I've just mentioned about 10 World Cup winners. Like, people have won the World Cup, people who are strong characters, people who have won more Champions Leagues than he has, if we're being honest. This isn't, it's not really a Zlatan point, but at the same time, it's like, if you're, if you're thinking, here's another one for you. So between the goals, the Real Madrid goals, Edison kicks it long. Okay, big problem. He just went straight through to Courtois. Gave them the ball back. He did it too soon. Not a great reaction. They attacked down their left. He got Cancelo. Got past somebody else. I think Rodri stopped the guy in the box. Gave it back to Cancelo, deep in the right-back position. Only option there, really, was another hoof. Or try and find Foden down the line. Clipped it down the line. Didn't find him. Came back into the middle. They went down the right. They put the ball in the box. Asensio got that flick on. and it Or flick on the ball. And it helped Rodrigo score, which is unbelievable if we're talking kind of Fine good luck for them or bad yeah. luck for City. It just, how has that happened? And if that flick hadn't have happened, where the fuck would that header have gone? City would have been going through. You know, yeah. um, it, it well, probably hits the side of his face and bounces the other way. Uh, yeah. unbelie- unbelievable, unbelievable. But like, there was no time to react. But my point is, okay, so let's say they've got Zlatan Ibrahimovic, the strongest character in the world in that team. Are they not conceding that goal? Doesn't make any fucking difference. Doesn't make any difference. Uh, like, especially if you're talking about this Real Madrid game. Okay, if you've got a like, it's kind of like the implication is the the characters have to be strong enough to say, "I'm not doing what Guardiola wants. I'm just going to, you know, rally the troops or whatever, or bang a goal in, or or whatever, whatever." But it's like, well, this thing about Real Madrid, like, where does that come from? Like you say, like even like shouting, it, there was it just it happened. It's Real Madrid. It, it these things happen. We kind of talked about it before. It's not great. No, it's not like a complete. You're not saying our oh, city couldn't, you know, unlucky city. Look, you should have you should have seen it out. If there's one thing that could have been improved, it was maybe, you know, the can um well maybe Cancelo's pass could have been better, but 
okay, difficult. Edison's past should have taken more time or done some fine, not great reactions. But like these things happen. And just this idea that, oh, well, it must be Guardiola's fault because we need someone to blame. Okay, well, it must be the mentality. It's just, yeah, I don't get it. But also the, the, the other thing I was going to say about this article I did was, I was like, well, City don't have, they don't have five or six World Cup winners each, like I reeled off before. Like, um, Bernardo Silva said before the Atletico game, he was, I think I'm right in saying only Scott Carson's won it. So I think there, there is an element of um, not being in those games, not having that experience. Champions League, not the World Cup. I suddenly had a moment where I thought, has Scott Carson won the World Cup? Oh, like, right, no. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Only Scott Carson's won the, um, the, the Champions League, yeah. And like, there, there's no, you know, big, no, Gundogan would have been in that Germany squad, wouldn't he, for the World Cup? Maybe that was when he had his injury problems, actually, 2014. But anyway, Gundogan had been to a final before, fine. Uh, but I think we saw with the Champions League final that, as well as the tactics, they looked a bit inhibited, the players. And, you know, I, I do think those are, those are, like legitimate concerns and you know maybe there isn't that experience but you know this is part of it you know going to Real Madrid and doing that you know it's part of it I think you're motivated to go again as you saw yesterday they were motivated to go again and okay they beat Newcastle at home but it's a big game you know people were saying there's, there's pressure to do this there's pressure to do that Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime day or night. Yep, you heard it right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask me. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline this whole week has got me thinking about pressure because um, had Liverpool beaten Tottenham, the pressure would, it it would have been, there's pressure on them to keep up with, with them at the top of the table. They didn't. And then suddenly the pressure was on to take advantage after the pressure of having gone out in the Champions League of the way that, 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 that they did. I mean, maybe there was just pressure on that game, come what may, and the players deal with it or don't deal with it or, or feel it or don't feel it in the way that, that fans do. And the, the way that we talk about it, maybe, maybe we read it all wrong. Maybe, uh, you know, they just look at each game as an experience they can build on and and use as motivation for the next game, rather than being shell shocked by it, as as this week seems yeah. to have suggested. Yeah, well, like I say, I'm not, I'm not sitting here and saying City are the perfect team. But again, part of my argument is they're fucking close. Like, if if we're having an inquest, what are we at? What 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 do we want? Like, is, like how how good do we need them to be? Um, you know, if City. If City had have had a slightly more luck in the Champions League draw, and look, I don't want to go too far down the luck route because there's the Rodri handball and blah, 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 blah. But if City had have had a, a Champions League draw that allowed them to rest players for the FA Cup game against Liverpool at Wembley, I'm not saying City would have won, but a better chance a better chance that they would have got to the FA Cup final. And obviously, if you've got a bit of a better, more forgiving Champions League draw, then more of a chance of being in the final. But fine, like, it is what it is. But like we're talking kind of fine margins here, and all of a sudden, you know, if 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 a different ball gets drawn out, 
there's a good chance that we're talking about City going through a quadruple and, and may, you know, maybe Liverpool are in the Champions League final as well. You know, maybe they're in the final as well. That's fine. I'm not saying Liverpool have only got there because they've had an easy draw. Not, not at all. These are the two best teams in the world by far. They are phenomenal. But just talking about the little things and how things can change and obviously kind of the impact that those Champions League games have had. Look, with the injuries to City's defenders, we don't know how the league's going to go yet. Like, Guardiola saying there that the Wolves game is like a final, final, final. I think what he's thinking there is if they win that, even if they were to lose against West Ham, he's not too bothered because he's like, well, we're back at home in front of our people on the last game. Last game, We just need to beat um, Villa to win it on goal difference. You know, I think that might be what he's thinking. Not that he's going to go to West Ham and think, okay, we'll, we'll forget this one. Yeah. But, <laughs> but like, he might be fine with a draw at West Ham. You know, if City won all with five minutes to go, might not push too much yeah. because just need to beat Villa on the last game, which is fucking hell. It's not going to be good for anyone's nerves in that last week. But, you know, I think Guardiola with the circumstances and the the defensive problems which have come from those Madrid games um, and obviously Diaz against Newcastle, um, that's that's obviously how he's looking at it. So, yeah, the, things are all still up for grabs, but you know, those, those um, Champions League games were very draining in terms of the other competitions. Um, but, you know that's that's it's 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 how it is. I'm I'm just saying you know it with a with a slightly different draw. You know we'd be talking about City being amazing, and we wouldn't be talking about mental weakness or whatever. You know maybe the problems are there, maybe they're not. Um, maybe just, may, yeah, maybe, yeah. maybe it just all all may, maybe the, maybe the situation is was um, may, maybe nobody could have dealt with the situation any differently. Do you know what I mean? Well, considering this happened to PSG and Chelsea, and I know City are better. But right, so this is interesting. So that was obviously my take on it from when we did our podcast. I've had a million conversations since then because obviously that was basically the next day: wake up, go to the airport, do the podcast, and then all the conversations I've had since then have been so different. And you know, people have had their views on different subs, and some you know, some I've just been like, no, I'm not having that, and some I've been like, okay, that's that's really interesting. Um, you know, people who used to play, people who are journalists, people who are agents, people who are fans, whatever. Um, and then, so we went. I went to the Football Writers Awards on Friday, and we had um, a member of Marcelo Bielsa's staff on our table. Um, so I think we got to the reception bit, and my boss turned up, and he was like, oh, "What happened?" And I can't remember if I'd said this already, or obviously I'd already said it on the podcast, but I can't remember if I said it in the group or if he'd asked Bielsa's staff member first. And, I've, and I had a, a long, long conversation that, uh, later in the evening for about an hour where it was kind of, you know, very gesticulative, talking about, you know, people, you know, movements. And it wasn't quite moving the salt and pepper pots around, but it was that kind of chat. And I mean, she knows more about football than I ever will. Um, it's one of these, like, she knows more people, more about football than most people in this room. And I mean, like, the, the only reason I say most is because there are a couple of, like, former managers in there or, yeah. like, current man- or managers looking for work or whatever. But, like... So later on, I had this chat, and it was all like clearly she knows what she's talking about, fucking infinitely more so than than anyone else here in this room of journalists, myself included. But earlier in that, going back to the start of the night, she was like, "It's just it's Real Madrid, like it's, it's just how it's just how it is." Like, and I was like, "If this is if that's the opinion of someone who knows so much, so in depth," but she was also saying that her partner is an analyst, and just like they just watch football all day. But he was saying that he said about 45 seconds before they scored, 
you just need to keep putting balls in the box and they'll get a goal and if they get one they'll get another one and I was like that was well that was grimly predictable wasn't it <laughs> um, but then again it's like if you know that's coming then surely you do bring Fernandinho on for five minutes so I don't really mind that one so much I know it leaves you short if you go to extra time and you got Fernandinho in battle mode it doesn't help you reassert yourself in the game but you're thinking you got you got to concede two goals for it to go to extra time. You yeah, bring you a man on stop to stop you doing that. it. Yeah. Like I, the only one I'm not sure about, and I think I've written this is, um, I don't know whether that anticipated the attacks or invited them, or a bit of both. But I mean, look, it's Real Madrid. You know those. You, I'm sorry, but you know those attacks are coming. Um, I know, God, I know this has been a, a mad podcast. Loads of we've we've been on a journey, haven't we? Uh, yeah. Um, I mean, we haven't even so. I think I've kind of said everything that about the strong characters thing is the annoy the thing that annoys me the most. Like, like, and this again, this is to say that City don't have any. And okay, maybe in terms of multiple Champions League or World Cup winning, they haven't. But like, you're telling me that defending Premier League titles. Look, if they do it, if if they do it again this season, that's twice they've successfully defended it in the last yeah. five years. Four out of five years. Four out um, of five years, unbelievable. And like in that one year, they didn't win it; they were second. Well, funnily enough, I didn't um, I didn't clip this up from Guardiola's um, Friday press conference as well. Uh, but again, in the embargo, um, he was he, he, the question was um, if you successfully defend the title this season, um, it'll be four titles in five years, which is quite a good achievement. And Guardiola snapped yeah. in with yeah. only quite, quite a good achievement, or yeah, yeah, or, yeah, yeah. or is it an awesome achievement, my friend? Yeah. Sort of sort of thing. And it's like yeah, it, exactly, and he's right. Yeah, exactly, and like. And there's always this argument, okay, well, the Premier League's different. And, like, the Premier League is different. And Guardiola said it himself. You know, in the Premier League, the players know they've got another game. When in the Champions League, there's more time. So maybe in those... It's more about time, sorry. It's more like in that moment. And, yeah, okay, maybe there is steps to be taken there. But, okay, fine. It's a fucking... Is it not some kind of process? I don't know. Maybe maybe it's easy just to go in and go, bish, bash, bosh, we're winning the Champions League. Maybe it is. Maybe I'm wrong. Um, but, yeah, so in terms of the league, again, until City had won it in 18-19... No, t- no, that was the first time in 10 years that anybody had, had successfully defended it. Only Ferguson's team had done it, I don't know, th- three times maybe. Obviously, won three in a row, which is the next target for City. And with Haaland, you'll be saying it's a real target if they were to do it now. Um, but like Chelsea have done it once, and that's it. The like Arsenal never did it. Obviously, Blackburn didn't. Obviously, Leicester didn't. Obviously, City didn't with Mancini and, and Pellegrini. Like, there's... There's a lot to be said about this team, and okay, you know, maybe, maybe they do. Maybe there is something. Maybe it's something we've talked about. Maybe it's something we've not talked about. Maybe it's just bad luck or whatever. Um, there is something obviously missing in the Champions League. But when you say it like that, oh, it's missing. Oh, there's so good, so much money. Okay, but it's like they're playing Real Madrid. Okay, if this was another Leon, which we said on Thursday morning, if this was another Leon, there would be an inquest. How has this happened against a team like Leon? But sorry, let's, I don't mean to sound disrespectful, but City you're obviously objectively better. But when it's Real Madrid, okay, City are, City are better than Real Madrid, and they were better than Real Madrid over the two games. But um, there's obviously this kind of voodoo shit that they've got going on, which is just <laughs> baked into the history of the club. And and like, it's just how it is. Um, in terms of a breadth of um, topics covered... Um, if we can, we just go back to the Ornstein column and the other the other big thing in there, which is Paul Pogba. Well, I, yeah, um, I forgot about this earlier on because uh, I I must admit I was greatly amused by your tweet about seeing Pogba was looking for another house in Manchester and then yeah. um, <laughs> and then you thought oh he can't be staying at, uh, at United and it turns out he might not be and then it turns out that he, he's probably not coming across the city either. 
yeah so so friday afternoon i um i was having a conversation and they was like oh yeah so 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 and so does this and does this and he he you know he's got a house the footballers let and i was like oh here we go i was like if he says city are signing someone this would be fucking brilliant you know if he says oh yeah frankie de jong's looking around it or, or whoever but great and he was like oh he goes and paul has been looking at it i'm like uh I was like, well, I was like, surely he's not signing a new contract. I was like, you know, maybe just buying something for his brother and whatever. And um, then he was like, I don't know, if his brother sounds a bit more serious than that. Blah blah blah. I was like, okay, fine. I was like, so I'll put it in the United channel at work. Like, see what you reckon to this. Obviously, the story came out in the evening, and I was like, shit, of course. But I, so I, I'd, I'd been told around the end of March that he had been suggested to City during the Haaland negotiations, but I'm pretty sure the same info was but City said no forget it um, and obviously over the weekend people have been like is this, is this really true is it just rumours with the blah 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 but like I, I can say the City offered him a contract City offered him a contract um, but obviously I, what I didn't know until I found out yesterday that Ornstein was going to write this um, is that you know Pogba's decided that I don't know uh, that there's not a lot of details in these two updates on Haaland and Pogba but I will go back to that and I'll say that for a very distinct reason and we will go back to it um, I don't know I, I get the feeling shall we say that I just think Pogba's realised fuck me that's not worth a hassle but obviously the way the way it's been written by Orney and I've not asked him about it is it, it the way it's been written suggests he's accepted an offer from somebody else but it possibly hasn't you know but maybe that information has been kept back either from him or he's not allowed to say um, but I just want to—I just want to say, Ornstein is absolutely fucking phenomenal, man. So I'm comfortable saying if I don't know about a transfer, because I'm pretty comfortable overall that I, I know enough. I would like to be better. I would like to be at the level of 2017, where it's kind of maybe knowing earlier. But I think you know, with the with the Grealish thing last summer, and all the Villa fans going mad at me for about. 10 days, two weeks. And I was able to say, look, this is what's happening. This is what will happen. This is where it's at with confidence. I'm f- fine. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm happy enough. I, I can still do that. I'm happy with that. With the Kane thing, we did more podcasts. I was less sure because I was like, look, I'm getting this, this info that's, it's kind of, it's it, happening. It, but, but at the same time, we've got, by this info, yeah. yeah, by again, David Ornstein and others like Jack Pitbrook at Spurs. And I was like, this isn't just a press office saying it's not happening. This is, this is real shit. I don't know what to believe. And obviously in, in that case, um, obviously I guess because my info was coming from City and people at City thought it was happening, whereas it, the reality was it wasn't. And I think it's since transpired that there was an agreed price and I think people are giving me slightly different prices. But um, basically, City went back and said, okay, this is it. Or the price that Kane told City that it would take and then Daniel Levy went, no, we want more. And it was like, fuck off. So so I think that's basically what happened. I think that's why City were like, okay, it's happening. We're getting ready for this. And like De Bruyne had spoken to Kane and, and whatever. Um, but like obviously all the way through, Ornstein knew even more about it. Like, well, much more, in fact. Um, and on the Grealish thing, even though I was like, okay, this is the situation. And, and that, I remember there was a Monday when, do you remember that guy who was supposedly like an, an NFL insider said he was going to sign a re-sign with Villa and everyone was like oh god this guy's really good he knows his stuff he must know the owners or whatever and it turned out to be a troll but like I knew because I'd spoke to somebody who who knows Grealish and he was on a Grealish desperate for the move blah 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 so I was fine but Ornstein knew much more in, in terms of where it was at 
what the conversations were being held, what conversations were being held, why it was being held up. You know, this is all this all came out afterwards in the how the deal was done, and it was an incredible article full of like Villa phoned Real Madrid and Man United to say, "Do you want to take this? Because we don't want to sell him to City." You know, mad stuff like that. Which you know, I'm happy with the info I've got, more than happy. Um, but he goes fucking way above. So same with Haaland. I've known for a while what's going on with Haaland in the sense that, okay, it's it's in the post now. It, it, this is going to happen. I know when talks have happened. Um, you know, when I did that podcast with Nadim, I was like, look, I, I, we can talk about this now because, you know, we're, we're safe in the knowledge that, you know, th- this is heading in one direction. Um, Harry Styles, the pun there. Um, <laughs> it, but it's, it's yeah, I, I've, I've known how that's going. And the same with Pogba. Like, I, I know the city have offered him a contract. And obviously I had that that thing earlier in March about it being a possibility, but of, that was obviously slightly wrong because obviously the city didn't reject it out of hand. They, they went down that route. And obviously now that it's been rejected, that leaves City in not so much as a tricky spot, but it's May now. We know City like, the, like to have their targets wrapped up. So they're, they're going to have to have a couple of other alternatives on the go and you know, hopefully we'll be able to bring news of that. But I just want to say, in terms of Ornstein and the columns, and the reason I said there's not much detail in them, like, nobody should mistake that for a lack of information. So I've seen a couple of tweets like, Oh, you know, is this the guy that said this, or how do we like? How do we know? Obviously, people know David Norton. If he says it, it's you know, it's legit. But I mean, I just want to give you just the full confidence of where this is at. I mean, if this goes tits up now, the stories were not wrong. I was walking through Madrid last week, so Tuesday it was, um, and we had a a catch up call, like a conference call at work, and Ornstein basically laid out everything he knows and quite probably stuff that he he knew it wasn't allowed to tell us, and it it's phenomenal. Right, and this was a week ago, right? And it's not come out yet. This stuff, not you know, it's not going to change the world. But in terms of the Harland deal, our understanding of it, the mechanics of how these things work, um, the figures, all of this. So you know, I'll be able to say, you know, if somebody had met me in a bar in Madrid before that, I'd have said, not that I was in one before because I just arrived, but or on the plane, I'd have been like, yeah, yeah, it's going to be done. Don't worry about it. It's all fine. This, you know, there were talks there and blah, 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 blah. Even, you know, this has happened. So I can chuck a few things into this, how the deal was done out of call myself. You know, I've got some good nuggets of information there. But what Onsen was laying out last Tuesday, it's phenomenal. It's like the Grealish thing, really. And just in terms of, fuck me, like, how have you got all this stuff? Like, who, who is this coming from? But, you know, the kind of the price you pay for that, and I don't, you know, he'd never be able to say this himself. I mean, maybe I'm not allowed to say it, but because I think he still protected his source by, I don't think he even told us everything that he knows. Like, it's a kind of double-edged sword because he knows a phenomenal amount of things, but can't always say them and or can't even break them. Like, if he'd have been able to to write everything he'd been told last Tuesday and put it out there, the world would have gone mad in terms of fuck me, this is mad. Obviously, instead, it's six days later. Um. The bare bones are there, aren't we? Yeah. Um, It's six days later. All it is is, you know, it's basically a done deal. Um, You know, the the, the release clause won't be paid, but it'll be, you know, it will signal their interest, blah, 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 blah. And you look at it and you think, okay, not a lot in there. But, you know, but because it's Ornstein and, you know, you you do almost like, I don't want to use the word take his word for it, but, you know, because of who he is. And I, I think... Yeah, because of who he is, because of his reputation, hopefully because of our reputation, you know it's not nothing. You know it's significant. And I think that has been the reaction. You know, looking at my mentions, because obviously I tweeted the story from him. You know, all my mentions are kicking off saying this is amazing news. Everyone believes it. But I just want people to know 
that it's phenomenal what this guy is bringing to the table. And in fact, I, I don't know if it, in fact, it, I, I don't think there's any issue with me saying this. He, and I think also others on the desk, they knew Arteta was getting his new contract as well last week. Weren't able to put the story out before, and I won't go into that. They they knew Arteta was getting his contract. And obviously the other week when there was a couple of stories that City were opening talks with Klopp about his contract, Orney was like, no, he signed it. Two-year deal, bang. And he had signed it. It was official. The The information he's getting is fucking unbelievable. Um, and it's... Like it's a bit annoying from my point of view because maybe at some point in the last week, if he wasn't if he wasn't here, I'd been able to say, look, this is a, you know this is done. I don't know, I don't know the fee. I don't know exactly what wages he's getting. I've got, I know how much the overall figure is going to be, um, the total price it will it will cost. You know, I don't know some of these details, but we can say it's done. We can say, you know, he's going to come to City, and you know, maybe I'd have got a load more subscribers or a load more followers on Twitter or whatever, better reputation. But obviously, because Ornstein knows that much fucking more. He's just like knocking it out of the park, but it's just a kind of pleasure to to work with and, and, and witness. So when we, you know, we talk about the article I've I've written about Harlan's background in in Brina, like I hope I'm hoping people will really enjoy that. And when it's full Harlan mania, I'm hoping people will loads of people will read it, loads of people will enjoy it, and then I'll write how the deal was done with loads of on-scene info, some really good nuggets that I can provide myself that. I don't think anybody else will know. I'm hoping. Um, I'm sure others will chip in. Laurie Whitwell, fantastic. Um, Adam Crafton, fantastic. They just know stuff. Um, Oliver Kay, maybe. You know, be able to chip stuff in. It'll be a great read. And then then we'll talk about how he's going to fit in at City and how it's going to look and how exciting it is and all that. So, yeah, I mean, this news this morning is the, the starting pistol, really, just in terms of okay, it's happening now. The release clause is going to be paid. That was always the big update, which I referenced actually in that pod with Nadem. Yeah. That was always the big update though. I hoped we were going to be able to do. Um, and yeah, here it is. But like I say, the, the bigger the bigger kind of details of it, the real meat on the bones of it is coming. And look, I can say it on his behalf because it's it's nothing to do with me really. This is It's not blowing my own trumpet. It's it's not that at all. Like If, if the details come out elsewhere, I know he'll be really annoyed. You know, the, these are the games you've got to play as a journalist. And look, if you want the kind of ins and outs of how it's done, there will be a lot of good articles on it. There will be. Um, but on the the one that, that will be on The Athletic, led by, by Orney and fed into by others, including myself, like it, it'll be a, a very interesting read. Yeah, look forward to it, Sam. Um, I'm gonna gonna call it there for this week's show. Um, we will catch up. Uh... Yeah, there's plenty to talk about aside from the football and considering City needs to win... Need seven if points. they win their next two yeah. games, they're laughing. But obviously, the defensive problems makes that laughter somewhat contained. Um, yeah, I mean, I'll tell you what, Wolves might be emergency podcast territory and hopefully the good, you know, recording the seat, what a fucking win kind of territory. Um, but, you know, if not, City have still got that cushion. So we shall see. We're, we may speak later in the week. Yeah, uh, that's the end of this week's Why Always Us. Thanks as ever to Sam Lee. Thank you very much. Thanks to everyone for following the various threads of that. If you've made any notes, I'd be interested in seeing them just so I can kind of link up my own thoughts. But if not, I'll listen back to it um, and try and work out what the hell I'm talking about. Yeah, don't forget you can sign up to The Athletic right now for £1 a month for six months. Just use the code MANCITYPOD. The Athletic.